Welcome to Season 2 of Real Life Rockstars Podcast. 2020! This podcast is sponsored by Fireball uh, UK Whiskey. And... And for 2020, Focal Zone have come on board with us. We have a new sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so this uh, podcast is actually sponsored now by Fireball UK and Vocal Zone Throat Pastels. Yes. Um, so we- something that could literally wreck your throat and something that will mend it afterwards we we are going full circle um <laughs> we will help you destroy your throat the night before but then we'll also help you get ready for performing the next day yeah um by giving you a vocal zone throat to, um, soother as well well it's it's good because like fireball have got lots of imagery of quite well-known people with their products and stuff for sure is, for sure cool uh and then vocal zone have, you know they've got some high High ballers as well, like Mr. Tom, oh, Mr. Sir Tom Jones. Sir so, Tom Jones, thank you, you know, very much. Yeah, we, we we share products now with, with Sir Tom Jones and and uh, and uh, Jerry only from the Misfits, for instance, and they supply and look after a stage at Teddy Rocks Festival. Which Amazing, is awesome. Yeah, we, we support Teddy Rocks. Vocals don't support Teddy Rocks. They like what we do. We like what they do. Supporting the music industry, so works well thanks for coming on board yeah no we are actually blown away because uh, we always said that we were blown away uh, that fireball uh, sponsored us um to launch mm. um and then vocal zone got in touch um just around the um, time off that we had and just went love everything that the podcast does um do you guys are you open for a second sponsor and we're like uh yeah Could, yeah yeah um and it's nothing of or course billy eilish would say duh <laughs> duh um and it's absolutely nothing to do with the fact that um dan uh, from vocal zone shout out to him listens to the show um and has heard the amount of uh, different voices that i do on the mike james rock <laughs> show and he's like that boy needs a throat pastel like just to be able to cope with the fact I shout, scream, do gutturals. Well, it does kind of make sense because we are using our voices all the time in mm. podcasting and on the radio. It's like, uh, yeah, well, a, if a singer of a the... band, which they kind of gear their promotion to, I guess, because it's throat orientated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's the same principle, really. We talk into a microphone, they yell into a microphone. Uh, well, <laughs> you uh, yell into a microphone quite A often. lot, a lot. And if you listen to our last uh, podcast... Um, you can hear my voice tapping out because we've been talking for like two hours straight yeah. um, on top of preparing to do the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, even uh, people like us that are used to doing it. But I'm definitely going to have a pack uh, with me. And this is, um, you know, not the first time. It'll just be the first time as uh, them being our sponsor. Um, by day three, download, you know, Reading, Boomtown. I'm going to have uh, my pack of uh, vocal zone there. Start of the day, get used to talking all day in like show voice, presenter style, you know, interviewer style. And then you um, can go out afterwards and get wrecked on Fireball. Exactly. <laughs> this is exactly the point. Oh, by the way, definitely, definitely um, brought like all of the Fireball um, to uh, one of my one of my uh, good friends' uh, birthdays because I'm oh, go- okay. godfather to their kids. Thank you very much. Um, and so I decided to bring Fireball along for their parents to get absolutely smashed off. Um, <laughs> nice and uh, so no that was uh, brilliant fun because nobody and I mean like it was one of those nice ones where nobody in the room had tried it before um, so well let's just say the, the response was interesting I did serve it ice cold was it like mm, I like whiskey I like cinnamon I've never tried them before together a, a little <laughs> bit cold mm. yeah uh, but the cold does work because everybody's like that is the, the, the best way to have a drink that 
like throat burny is to do that so i will at probably at some point um do a sponsorship full circle like video on our social media <laughs> where i down a um a uh, like shot of fireball and then put a vocals on <laughs> pastel in <laughs> um also me preparing for vocal zone test tomorrow morning i'm going to drink a whole bottle of fireball tonight <laughs> yes um, and as always, we do, um, just to kick off, explain to people what we've mentioned a little bit thus far, if you are picking up a, us up just as a podcast, we are um, Dan and Mike, I'm Dan, he's Mike, from the Mike James Rock Show, um, which is in its tw- 13th year, we're about to hit 12 in like the next couple of months. Yeah, we'll be 12 in April. In April, so um, we are 12 years strong as presenters, working together, uh, winding each other up. March, and, yeah, April. March or April, one of the one two. One of the two, <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Besties as well um, for that entire time, uh, which is probably well, the we reason, tolerate each other. Probably the reason why we're still going is because there's actual like factual love going on um, there. But um, if you want to follow anything that we do, either on the podcast or the show, we only run one social media to make it nice and easy. Because who needs pretentious loads of accounts? We've got our own personal accounts. But for the Rock Show, <laughs> that is very pretentious. <laughs> yeah, is uh, <laughs> Mike James Rock Show um, uh, or at Mike James Rock Show on uh, Instagram and Facebook and at TweetMJRS on Twitter. If you want to follow Mike, um, he's O oh, That Mike James on every network. Don't bother going after him on Facebook because that's not one of the ones that he uses for like show sure. purposes. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not your famous one. That's a personal sort yes. of account. Yeah. My personal stuff is my. Po- I don't really post about show stuff on my personal stuff. Not massively. And but I don't. Re- I, I tend to use the stories more than I do. The but your story posts. game is quite fire on uh, Instagram, and it is music related. So that's why you should go and follow him. If you enjoy pictures, <laughs> especially if you like really old hip hop. Yeah. If you enjoy pictures of my. Uh, my girlfriend, my legs, um, <laughs> cereal. Sorry, would and... I like pictures of your girlfriend? But this is what my social media is. is literally pictures of my girlfriend, pictures of my legs, pictures of my cereal. or <laughs> Pillows. Uh, pillows or just my face. Um, that's uh, mine as well. Uh, partly because we uh, actually realise that the more we try and put show stuff up on our personals, the more our uh, professional social media was uh, suffering. Which kind of leads me into the next thing on the running order, uh, because we have written a like a schedule. I have an agenda. Um, well, the next <laughs> one is I want to shout out to Mike, the guy on uh, the other microphone. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, um, this guy. Yeah, that guy right there, because he and I said it in one of the pre- uh, podcasts previously, but he really um, uh, sorted both of us out this year because um, we're sat down working out when to come back on air um, in January, um, sort of end of November, early December, and Mike was like. What if we do it this way and actually give ourselves four shows off? We've never, ever had four shows off. That's a month of not being presenters for the first time in 12 years. And uh, what it did mean is that uh, when we got back to recording a show and doing a podcast, we were actually really missing it and wanting to do it again, which I think is... Our first show, proper radio show back was rather explosive, wasn't it? Oh, banging. Because we we weren't tired anymore. We weren't, like, ingrained. We weren't doing it week in, week out. We love it, but you can love something. I mean, you can be James Hetfield of Metallica, stood up on stage, still playing the biggest stages in the world. I am. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that you're going to be having a good time every time that you do it or be absolutely excited for it. So we thought we'd take a note out of band's books and give ourselves a proper break. And, and practice what we preach. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because we bang on about like, man- mental health and positivity and stuff. But exactly. Self-care is 
the first thing that you have to take care of, really, isn't it? Yep, and it's partly um, the people that have supported season one of the podcast where you get <laughs> season a, one. <laughs> you get a little bit more um, of our personality <laughs> than you do on the radio show, for example. I mean, we're presenters and we're trying to play other people's music. so We can be a bit more free on the podcast compared to the restraints of being on an FM station. And not only that, but wanting to play as much new music as possible, which we say a lot and it sounds really false, but that's why we don't talk too much because... If we talk for an extra three minutes, that's one track gone. You can't say that we're sponsored by Vocals Zone now because we talk so much. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for the podcast, it's fine. It's fine. We talk on the podcast. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the um, the actual like sort of messages that we got either through uh, the show's social media or our personal social media from all the people that listened and supported season one was absolutely incredible. Um, you made the end of the year for us, um, especially with the last podcast that we did where we kind of just waffled about things that were interesting to us without much focus on helping anybody or being educational yeah. or any of that uh, gubbins. It was just us. What's, what's been the highlights of the last 10 years? Well, we can make this stretch over two podcasts. <laughs> exactly. And for people to actually listen to that one as much as they've um, listened to um, the other ones that we've done, honestly, we're just blown away. We've got some cool ones coming up, though, in oh, season two. Season two is going to go off. Like, um, like today's one, which is quite special. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of interesting ones coming up. I'm just going to see if I can get your voice a bit louder in my ear. Oh. Oh. Wait. Talk. Uh, yeah, okay, can you hear me now? Um, I can hear you now. I've got to stop bashing the wire. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 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 so. Um, part of the time off thing and the response to season one is we got really, really jazzed up about everything that we uh, do. Um, we've had the honour, not only do we have, um, for the first time in a very long time, an extra team member, uh, which is Martha F. Photo, um, putting us through our paces um, with uh, shoots and booking gigs and uh, generally being a massive support to everything that we do. <laughs> Making um, us look pretty. Yep. Um, so we've had the honour of her joining our actual team. And then um, I'm going to just run through a bunch of shout outs because if you are following us on social media or you have for a while, you're going to notice that we are suddenly just like prepared out the wazoo in comparison to everything that we have been before. This has been possible and I'm just going to um, bash out their names. Barnaby from Cosfade Promotions for doing all of our background imagery. Ryan Hartford for doing both of our logos, both the Mike James Rock Show um, logo, the current one now, and our Real Life Rockstars logo are both done by Ryan. Charlie Smith of Mind Art Audio and Visual um, for the immensely popular uh, show intro that we have. <laughs> and then Charlie Bowes of Seething Akira for the podcast intro that you've just heard at the start of this one. All of these people. And the little bit that goes between us yeah. waffling now and the interview that we haven't mentioned yet. Exactly. So, um, all of those people you are awesome to work with. Thank you so much for uh, making our show look or sound amazing we've had so much fun getting our content sorted and ready to go for this year we are hitting it harder than we ever have done before because you know we've learned everything doing this podcast has actually given us an opportunity to you know put some of that information out there and that uh, you think about it more when you're not just going well what are my promotional tactics mm. when you actually have to do a podcast and think about it it's like oh wait that's actually exposed something that we know we should do and we haven't done. So we spent the time off over Christmas trying to do everything or get ready to do everything that we've not done before. So expect a lot of love for all the bands we work with, everybody we interview, every track we play. We are leveling the fuck up this year. <laughs> I think that's the first fuck I've said as well. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't get to say this on uh, radio. 
No. No. So, <laughs> so this. Uh, so that was that was the that, that's that's the that's the previous part. We are now going on to uh, this episode and what this episode is all about. Should I carry on talking? Yeah. yeah okay. Right. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite happy just to sit right. here and let you uh, do your thing. So um, this for um, people um, that were uh, following the show for many years before we started the podcast. This is going to be somewhat of um, a recycling of information, but I'm going to explain the whole thing gonna make hopefully a hell of a lot of sense and then we're gonna roll i'll just chirp in exactly so okay a (laughs) few years ago this all started uh thanks uh, partly uh, to mike um is i was sat at home uh the first part of like the big sort of shall we say mental health movement that i took the show on incidentally um because jarrett from bowling for soup um did this video for his buddy's website where he talks about having um, anxiety and depression. Yeah. But nobody believed him because he's a boisterous, funny guy that sings on a, in a band that on stage. The world. <laughs> exactly. But he's always got a smile on his face there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about how you can be an extrovert, outgoing personality. And I, I watched it. I thought it was brilliant. It really explained how I could be so depressed and do what we do presenting and people not understanding that. No, it's, I, I'm a depressed person and I have been since I was about 12 years old. That's why I can go out every week and do a radio show, uh, take on things like a podcast, because depression is actually my life. It's my day to day. Like I'm not like going through a depressed phase. I'm a depressed person that has the same wants and needs and interests as a non-depressed person. Hmm. So we're sat there at a slam dunk. We have no interview booked uh, with Bowling for Soup, even though they're playing. Um, and I see Jarrett walk into the um, area, I said to Michael, oh, I'm just going to go over there and give him a hug. Uh, get a selfie, explain how much the video meant to me, because probably quite a brave thing, you know? We both said that it was an amazing yeah, yeah, video. Yeah. So I go traipsing across um, and uh, sort of introduce myself, and I was like, did essentially what I've just done now and explain why I liked it so much. Um, and he went from looking completely and utterly, like, lost and in his own head to, like, I, I had no mental health, and I can normally see it on most other people that have it, uh, because, I, like I say, it's my life. Um and I could just see him like engaging with the world and like coming back from like that deep inner monologue place. Just threw his arms around me. He's like, buddy, I actually really needed to hear that today. He's like, that's been like, that's the turning point. That's, that's how I'm going to play later. I'm like, what? What? Um, and so like we do a selfie. We're both looking really happy. It was a lovely moment. So I go pottering back to Mike and explain everything. And being, you know, Mike James of the Mike James Rock Show. <laughs> I was just like, that sounds awesome. Did you think about maybe offering to do an interview about it? Because that could probably mean a lot to a lot of people. I was like, no, actually, I, was like, I don't have the confidence to do that. He's like, well, as it happens, I've got the confidence oh. to ask the, for the interview for you, but I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. Are you happy with that? I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's try it. I was like, I've talked on and off about mental health over the years anyway. Why not do one which was actually like sort of planned? This is like back in what, 2015, 2016? Um, so, uh, Jarrett, like, basically jumps in with two feet, and it's a... It was 15. Yeah. And, uh, we get back to uh, the table, we're sat there, and we we do an incredible, like, short little mental health interview where I'm, like, my, I, I remember feeling like I was on a high, because, like, uh, my brain was working overtime, because I'd never had to think about doing mental health, like, and what questions I wanted to ask. I didn't want to just make it a love fest where I told him how awesome I thought he was for what he did. Um... 
put the interview online and then we kind of forgot about it because it was one of about 15 to 20 interviews we would have done at Slam Dunk. Mm. Uh, we yeah, were, it was at the NEC, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the Midlands, the last Midlands one that we did. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we ran away to um, Exeter. Everything uh, goes online. And to a certain extent, because Real Life Rockstar style, we returned to going to normal work the next day. I didn't strictly notice that the Bowling for Soup interview had blown up a little bit and that it was like getting a shit, like a shitload of comments on it. Uh, people were really enjoying it. And I was just like, oh, this, this, this actually seems to be like a thing. Brilliant. Um, and uh, so a little while later, Jarrett came back across to the UK on an acoustic tour um, and asked... That was the one with the Lounge Kittens played. Yes. and asked Former where, guests in season one. <laughs> and asked um, whether I wanted to come up and do another interview with him. And I was like, kind of like, oh, all right, sweet. Um, yeah. And he kind of asked the show. So I said, well, I've got this idea that's been forming since everything. So I put together a little press uh, release for Mike. He sent it across. It was all approved. Went up, sat down with Jarrett. We did an amazing, like, 45-minute interview about mental health where we got so unbelievably open um, like into we even taught like Chester Beddington as well it was it was deep like it was incredible and uh, then the one of the only moments in my entire career I've ever been floored to the point of speechlessness when he turns around he's like well I had to invite the guy um, that um, is the reason I do mental health interviews now uh, to come and speak to me again he's like because you are the only reason I said like, but what about the website he's like no no he's like that wasn't an interview that wasn't putting myself out there telling people to come talk to me He's like, that was something I got to plan and think about. It was mm. my buddy. He's like, you're the random English guy that came up and told me how much he, um, it meant to you doing that. You gave me an amazing interview, which uh, showed me I could hold my own, like, talking about it. And, like, people like you were so engaging. He's like, so I've taken a chance on the rest of the world, and I now do interviews everywhere. And I was like, so it's <laughs> That was literally where, where I went from that point onwards. Um and uh, so I ended up, and <laughs> this sucked, I ended up losing that interview when my hard drive crashed. Also, one of the reasons why it's we have an online lost. story. It's on hiatus. Well, you, no, I, it's the true form of lost in the sense of we don't quite know where it is because it might be on the hard drive. It might not be able to be recovered. Um, but I've still got the hard Believe. drive. <laughs> it, it's just one of those really expensive recoveries that I've literally not had the money for yeah. since it happened. So we are going to try and get this um, interview back. Um, and if it does, it's going to get launched uh, probably um, as an interview itself because we filmed it um, on either Rock Show's networks or we'll just pull the audio for it like we did with what's coming up today. Um, and uh, yeah, so whatever way, if I get that interview back, we will be posting it. Oh, yeah. So, to come on to what happened next, I am bummed out. Like, I, I am a very emotional guy anyway, and I live um, sort of the emotions I'm feeling. Um, and Mike's quite used to it because, you know, I, I will attend rock show Bestie. stuff no matter what's happening. So, Friday night is like, it, it is literally a lucky dip as to what mood I'm going to turn up in. Um, uh, festivals, again, like that's three days solid hard work together. Um, when we used to also get mangled as well. So, like, Mike knows... We that. used to share a tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mike knows that I go quite up and down. So when I lost the hard drive, the next time we saw each <laughs> not, other... Not in the tent. No. Um, but, Sorry. Uh, yeah. um, but when I lost the hard drive, you knew I was quite bummed out. So we had, like, very quickly afterwards an interview uh, with Dave McPherson of In Me. So Mike was like, come on out, just... You know, um, come, come back and be a cameraman for a bit um, and do the thing. He's like, you don't have to worry. Uh, just... 
get out your head for a little bit. So I was like, all right, sweet. I'll come on down. Because uh, it was an extra one where we live. So I didn't strictly mm. need to be there as much as sometimes like the ones at other gigs. Um, and so Dave being quite friendly towards us anyway. Um, we've done a few interviews over the years. He's the type of bloke that has time to talk to people anyway. Um, so he's yeah, always even when we see him at festivals and like just pottering around, like actually out in festival sites, so he'll yeah. always stand and watch a couple songs with us, have exactly. a bit of a catch up. Just oh, how's life going? He's, and a, stuff. he's a lovely, a, quirky Dave's human a being. Diamond geezer, isn't he? Exactly. <laughs> so um, sorry, I'll stop with the impersonations. <laughs> um, so we're sat there chatting to him, and I was saying about this mental health stuff, um, and he's like, "Well, what's happened?" So I gave him the story that I've just said now, and he's like, "Huh." And he's like, do I fit the bill? And I was like, what? And he's like, do I fit the bill? And he's like, because that's something I could really stand behind. Um, especially because me and uh, Dave actually share um, a condition that we talk about um, on uh, the interview. Um, but no, the um, the interview that he gave me next was to make sure I had something to launch with interview-wise. And um, also because we share the condition. And it ended up being something that got a little bit out of control. Because the blog which I launched was sort of underneath my own name. It was called Dancast. I did it on Facebook and YouTube. And it was lovely because I was getting like quite a lovely message out there to people. It was like the sum total of my social groups, <laughs> um, openness with mental health packaged up into sort of just the stuff that we tell each other when we're going through hard times. Instead, I told the internet. Um, you were like a real life inspirational meme. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing that um, kind of really uh, um, sucked about it is that one of the most lovely things became one of the hardest things and partly why when we're doing this again Mr. Mike sat over there is because I couldn't actually deal with some of the message I, messages I got off the back of doing something like that mm. um, you know uh, with the Dave McPherson thing as well is um, there's a, a friend that I made but you know apparently watching this video that we did because it was Dave and she picked it up um, through that that helped her turn like her mind space around from being very dark to and like sort of plotting things and planning things, shall we say, to yeah. actually going, no, there's like even the people I admire out there. And this is why I did the Dancast in the first place is even the people I admire out there have an understanding of how I'm feeling. It's, you know, it's not just me. And it um, this was right when it's OK to not be OK was starting Um started this um, everybody started the you are not alone thing but I actually went a different way with the show stuff uh, sorry I'm just gonna do a little bit of a rant Mike's quite used to uh, me doing mental health rants um, but my little rant is uh, we've cha like changed our whole policy on mental health based on the Dan cast because I ended up deleting it uh, long story short uh, because I didn't want the pressure um, of uh, you know doing it anymore um, or it being online and people sending me messages uh, like I, I there's a whole um, thing to that but I'm not quite prepared to tell that story yet um and so like we're sat there i was talking to mike about all of this and um he was saying but you know like the dan cast was brilliant why why are you not doing it i was like because it's too much pressure on me he's like well you you know you're not alone he's like um you've got me if you want which actually started our way of talking about uh, mental health becoming we are not alone rather than you are not alone so on the okay to not be okay mm. we do a we are not alone because but you know, both me and Mike have been through some interesting times. I'm the one that generally talks about it because I've been clinically depressed since I was 12, as I said. Um, and I'm the one that doesn't mind talking about it. Everybody has their own right to talk about their mental health as much, even if it is the fact that, I don't know, six months of your life you were depressed because something massive happened. 
it's relative. That's as important as somebody like me who struggled yeah. with depression for you know so many years. So just because you're having a good time for a few years, still doesn't mean you're not suffering. Exactly. Um, and looping this background to the messages and everything like that is might convince me to um, like do the mental health thing again uh, because we managed the rock show together. And if there are like sort of messages like that um, that are of, of a serious nature, is um, he's like sort of going to be a mild bit of a filter about it for me because I'm the one that really. You know, sort of, I'm such an empath sometimes that uh, some of the stuff I read is that I'm going to sort of do a buffer on it almost. Um, plus, it's far easier um, not having a camera, like far easier not having a camera. Yeah. Like doing this um, audio only makes me so much more comfortable talking about it. Um, feels less pretentious and well, on camera as well. as well. You can, it's visual, isn't it? So you can actually see the strain or and if someone's being genuine or not because there are i hate to say this but there are people out there that were doing the same sort of thing that you were doing that just you know on they're, they're just doing it to cope tale aren't they really yeah. and, and i'm sure they're trying to be as genuine as anyone else and the same with you but you've got to be able to handle those messages the messages you're giving out uh, and if people were taking them on board then you've got to be able to handle what's going back and that's what i struggled a, with yeah it's like, a struggle you don't know that until you do something like we get messages on our youtube channel all the time like we can accept that because we are a pair of dicks that look, <laughs> look, look and sound like complete numpties on camera a lot of the time but that's part of our character and part of oh like, yeah who like, we are from the rock show. But when you're talking um out to people you don't know it's almost like you're putting your own ethos is on it and then the comments you get back it's it is going to be a lot more personal than exactly the skin you put on when you're doing a radio show or something and yeah or just podcast um is like i say it's so much easier because um uh like at the moment me and mike are sat looking at each other and being oh, able looking to looking at you oh. <laughs> well, well, fuck you then um <laughs> but no there's a, there's a whole different dynamic um like i would worry because you have to like i would worry about what i was wearing yeah um uh, for the blogging and worry about what my hands were doing and just lots of um lots of stuff like lots of crazy stuff but you can tell um, it in the eyes as well it's like if people are genuine or if they are actually suffering and stuff like that on, on these kind of blogs and things yeah it's just yeah like, like i was saying just like i said just now it's like you have to you have to be able to understand where other people are coming from and i think that's mostly what did your head in is that you were getting it was it was really nice comments that you were getting mm -hmm. but it was the context in which it what it meant to you that was causing more of an issue and that's yep. that's the thing if, if we're all trying to raise each other up and be positive but even some positivity can have a negative effect on people so you, you do have to think about what you are posting on oh 100 like within with comments and things when people are talking about mental health yeah, you you don't know what people are doing just from looking at them. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is um, I I maintain like um, we're going to get into this probably on a dedicated uh, podcast, um, about sort of deeper mental health stuff. Some of uh, as I say, it's not my ethos; is it's like my social group's ethos is because um, my be one of my best friends is schizophrenic. I've I got an um, ex. Uh, a junkie um, as a friend as well because of addiction and depression problems and everything like that like the we are just a mixed bag of people that have had to be really open and honest with ourselves and each other to function and to survive yeah uh, which is the only reason i could do the downcast in the first place so i don't particularly think i have 
brilliant advice myself personally that I've come up with. That's, that was never the point. Uh, the point is, is I am, uh, like you are, the presenter, the guy that takes sort of passion and creativity as a rule for 12 years and talks about it and gets into people's music and gets into things is I know how to talk genre. I know how to talk um, things. And like, so I know how to package information, I guess, is the point I'm making. Mm. So I was only ever the best, um, like sort of most able person to package mental health information um, to people and use, um, and also like speak of uh, my generation as well, like use words to explain older concepts. Because I don't, like I'm one of these people that doesn't think the boomer generation doesn't understand how to deal with mental health. They just have a whole different way of dealing with it, which has worked for some people and not for others. A lot of them have also seen it firsthand from their parents, mm-hmm, like post-war mm-hmm. era, because the, the boomers are the children of the um, war heroes, I guess. And exactly. You know that's that was all stiff up a little bit if you're British and swept under the table. But you know they, you know boomers do have that. And knowledge I, of it from just from a different perspective. I and guess. I say this, we don't use boomer in the nasty way. It's no. the same way that I'm a millennial. Um, is my my dad, and my mum, and my stepdad are all um, sort of boomer generation, but they are incredibly. I'm an immensely blessed person, an incredibly supportive family unit that I have. That um, you know they've been dealing with me uh, being depressed since 12 years old, so they they know that it's my life. Um, but yeah, ways and means. Like I've learned so much off of them as a generation. Um, and, uh, so if, um, because one of the lessons learned, um, before is we, we are not holding ourselves up in this podcast saying that, you know, we're actually necessarily here for people to speak to blunt, honest truth is we will try and field messages that come to the inbox, Mm. but instead Mike's got a little something that he wants to read out instead. Um, because if you are needing help, these are things that we've used in times past um, that they are damn decent services. So he's got one at the moment. Is it? The it's literally like the one we had posted to the top of our Facebook mm. throughout Christmas yeah, and yeah. New Year because it's just irrelevant. It's just the phone number for Samaritans. If you are suffering, the number is one one six one two three. And I just like on this, I really want to point something out: is Samaritans are not there just for um, when everything is too much and you don't know what else to do and you're about to do something, shall we say, very yeah. very big. Um, you can call support lines like this much earlier in that process. If you're feeling alone, there are people out there. The thing I say to people is, yes, it's a telephone number. Yes, it's a company that employs people but it, um, it, or volunteers. Is Just think about it. Is You want somebody that actually has the ability to care. A lot of the time, the whole point about talking and feeling alone is because you have nobody in your life that wants to hear you know, the, the stuff that you really need to say to somebody. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is... Um, in one of the worst periods of my life, which was only, um, in the last couple of years, I found the, like every shred of, uh, comfort support that I needed from engaging the services of a counselor that suited me because the premise is finding somebody that understands to talk to. And that will be Samaritans to a certain extent. My needs are very, shall we say, complicated because being quite an open human being, I actually needed um, somebody professionally qualified to poke me into talking more because I was so used to my closed box of openness that I wasn't actually talking about the things that were really driving me loopy. Um, And uh, I, 
got to the end of it and if i had more uh, money as a general rule i'll probably still go there um sort of once a month to just but decompress there are, free, there are free services as well that's my point yes. um is for there me, is I, help out there if you if you need it if you are yeah. struggling that's what we're trying to get across yes um, i'm just saying that um it comes from the point of somebody that's actually used yeah. a a service paid for one a company these things are important all it is is connecting you to somebody that cares um yeah and if you want to use us as the first port of contact that's fine but we will you know we've got all the contact numbers for services as well just because we use them ourselves exactly um and and that's that's that might be localized but you know it is national as well and international there are help out there and uh so like i say don't don't wait until the last minute if you need somebody to talk to start calling the samaritans yeah start um finding out the counseling services we can um, give you um, like if you do message us, I can give you my experience with NHS services as well and what they potentially offer to you as well, uh, depending on your area. Um, but yeah, there there is stuff out there, and we are not alone in this. No, we're not. So right on to the Dave thing. Yes, um, a bit more cheerier. Um, bit cheerier because this is uh, well, it's a, it's still a mental health themed interview because uh, that was what he was stepping in to do uh, for me on the Dancast. We decided just literally to pull the audio off the video um, because yeah. it, it's still as relevant as it was when we recorded it. Uh, we have uh, completely 100% checked in with Dave McPherson that he is, you know, still uh, raring to go on this one. And well, also, he's, he's pretty buzzed at the moment because the new album's come out and it's getting rave reviews everywhere. It literally came out this weekend that we recorded mm. the podcast. So I thought we'd better give him some props on the album as well. Cause oh, 100%. He's, he's actually on his own personal social medias. He's been quite open. He's starting to be a lot more open about his mental health. And I think that's helped with the album and you can hear it. Oh. I think some of the songs on there is like some of the best they've they've done. For, oh, th- for this, is, this is them. Yeah, like cracking on with it. And given how old this interview that we did with him now is. Um, yeah, it's about a year or so, isn't it? 18 it, months? Uh, more like two. Oh, um, it? Yeah, it's like two years old. Um, so, uh, but no, the, the lovely thing was, is I was going to say that, um, when I was checking with Dave, um, I got, um, sort of a thank you for persevering and trying to get the product back out there. Cause I told him when I deleted the Dan cast, yeah, yeah. um, getting it back out there and, um, yeah, there, I just got a lovely message saying, well done on actually, uh, finding a way that you were comfortable with doing this kind of made me feel better about working with you because you do have the same <laughs> sort of problems that I do and that you always were sort of the right person to speak to. And I thought that was a really lovely thing for him to say. Uh, I'm, 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 yeah, uh, I 100% agree. Hmm. And he's just a, a lovely guy. And so are the rest of the guys mm. in Inmi mm. as well. It's mm. like, and it just so happens that, you know, the album, we, we, we didn't actually plan to have this interview now at this time that the album came out. It just perfect coinc- coincided. It's like, oh, we need to talk about mental health and stuff. Why not do the Dave thing? And then we were like, oh, ties in with the album as well so it's it's not a promo thing or anything like that nope. there's no talk about the new album because it's an old interview and dan's laid it up perfectly for the last half hour or so anyway thanks <laughs> that, that was a lot of information to get through in my head and like uh, my apologies for possibly not getting to my points as quickly as i normally do it's it's still hard okay. to talk about it so my brain kind of loops a little bit i know yeah yeah so well we'll press you, play listeners. we'll press play on the interview and then loop back at the end and we can have a little more of a chat. A little natter. Okay. Real Life Rockstars Podcast. Right, so I'm here with Dave McPherson of, uh, well, in me and various other musical endeavours. Hello. Hi. Um, and he's very kindly agreed to actually talk to me a little bit about, well, mental health, isn't it? For sure, man. 
Sure, because um, the reason that we're doing this is uh, both of us feel the same. Is talking about it is uh, is the thing that you've got to do, really, isn't it? It's definitely helped me in the past. Yeah, and um, and and people I know, you know. It's, I know it's uh, an, a phone advert slogan, but it's good to talk. It is, and uh, we actually we share uh, something in common when it comes to condition. Admittedly, I don't suffer anymore, but we have both lost our hair due to alopecia. Um, which uh, is possibly the most visible sign that you're stressed, I think. It's a pretty good indication that your white blood cells think that your hair should be booted out. And it does literally uh, boot it out. Was, do you mind me asking if that was the first point you realised that you were dealing with stuff like that? Or was that just something along the course of sort of feeling? I, I've always felt a bit uncomfortable with modern life. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I was very stressed when it when it went, but then since then sometimes it tries to grow back, and the little snail trails of. Silver. And I'd be like, hold on, I'm not feeling too good about myself right now, and it's all trying to grow back. And then I was in a really really good place towards the end of last year. Finally, I had pretty much the worst year of my life last year, and um, and then it all fell out. So I don't necessarily think. I don't think the white blood cells are prejudiced. No, they, they they're don't. just sort of. The body's a strange thing, but um, yeah, I was like, hold on, I'm feeling really good about my the stuff and life and things, and uh, it still jumped ship. Yeah. But I'd rather it did jump ship at this point anyway, because this is. Well, it's the point where it could be going anyway, right? Exactly. I yeah. don't want it to grow back and be like, oh great. I here's like, my here's I my widow's like a peak. Mis- a middle-aged man with. A receded hairline, and and there's a load of grey ones there now as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's been like 12 years since it, since it departed. Really, and um, that long. 2006 was when it properly went. Okay. Farewell. And um, I mean, do you think? Because um, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this is because both are involved in the music scene, and what you tend to find off camera, a lot of the time, is people talking about the stresses of, you know, being a musician. People think, you know. The old platinum multi-selling albums, you have lots of money um, and the, the music industry has changed so much in the last 20 years that one, it's become a scrabble and a, a fight for everything but equally you're, you're going out on stage and pouring your heart out a lot of the time then putting yourself in a metal box with wheels, uh, really uncomfortable and fl- like sort of going off to the next destination. Um, did you ever think that that would you know, uh, sort of add to the stress or was it just something that you kind of got on with? Well, I don't want to do the whole woe is me thing because, <laughs> I mean, this is what I choose to do. So I could always go and do something else. But I love it. and It is hard. But um, and maybe there's something to be said for a lot of musicians and lyricists. I know I can speak for myself because I cry at everything. <laughs> um, uh, quite sensitive, soppy little sausages anyway. <laughs> so we're probably a bit more susceptible to... Feeling, feeling everything. Feeling it. Yeah. Um, but on the other side, to play devil's advocate, what you were saying, platinum selling yeah. millions and millions, doesn't mean they're uh, immune. You know, we're all... We're all just animals at the end of the day, and um, We've even I don't like it when I um, you see people struggling or they've attempted suicide or something like that, and people go, God, why don't I just go and get some professional help? They can afford it, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no one, you know, 
it doesn't. It it doesn't pr- prejudice. Yeah, and it um, one thing which I um, sort of have found on that side of things as well is there is a, a sort of a misconception that if you are receiving professional help, that it's one easy, um, and that has, in my personal experience, been not the case. Um, getting professional help is actually a hardship in of itself. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, um, you are right about the whole. You know, people have a very different conception as you say you didn't want to do woe is me on the fact that touring's hard and everything like that but equally at um, the end of the day I'm, I'm a lucky guy <coughs> be, be, you know, I can still do this and uh, and I love it yeah I imagine it helps a little bit as well to deal with everything as well it's a bit um, of a two-edged sword is uh, it may create some of the stress that you feel but it also gets, gets yeah. some of it out there it's nice to have a a, 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 a something, a something that you can release through, and, and I've always done done that through uh, mu- music and lyrics, basically. And being on the road, travelling, I love that. Yeah. Every day's, you know, the, the road. The people go, oh god, the road. You know, it's like a motorway, and it's forever. And I'm like, no, this is part of it. Yeah. It's not about the destination. This is. It's about constantly moving and oh that was an amazing gig tomorrow's going to be a completely new unique different kind of gig and um, it's when you get home that's when you get the post tour <laughs> the, the blues when you're like this bed's not moving and uh, why am I why have I got to do the dishwasher <laughs> um, I imagine it's also kind of tough as well is um, because a lot of people draw inspiration from music. So when you're out there, I imagine there's a little bit of you that hopes that somebody's going to... That's very nice. ...to draw yeah. inspiration from you. And uh, imagine when you get home and you're not doing that, it's partly helpful for you, it's partly helpful for the people viewing it as well. Yeah. And I find... I mean, some people could be scared that uh, they're putting themselves on show to a lot more people than just... Yeah typical amount of family and friends or whatever yeah and I just found everyone was really sweet and nice and encouraging and empowering um, and I, and I was I tried to offer that vice versa as well and when someone says oh man you know your music uh, helped me get through this particular hard time I, I, t- I have to watch out that I make sure I'm sounding as sincere as I'm feeling because Sometimes people are like, oh, you don't know how much that means to me. Blah, 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 you don't quite stuff, know how to react, I imagine, uh, when somebody says that. Um, I usually like, choke up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, though. Um, that's not the reason I do music. I just do it completely for myself. But that's it's fair. nice when people get it and they're like, I can relate to that. You know, it makes me feel more connected. Okay. And uh, hopefully them too, yeah. I guess. I mean, um, it's one of those where do you um, have sort of um, any advice from your experience of uh, dealing uh, with everything that you would necessarily if somebody is say watching this and is struggling to I don't know come to terms with certain ways that they're feeling um, or anything like that is um, for me um, I talk a lot Um, it's why I do interviews and this sort of stuff and so I um, most of the time I know that I've got to go find somebody willing to listen to me for maybe um, a good long rant uh, because maybe by the end of it I'll actually started processing how I'm feeling of course and and that means that means you need someone that's actually listening that is a true 
friend or you yeah. know, a family member that loves you unconditionally or whatever. And I definitely found that with uh, certain people. And now I'm, yeah. At first, I was like, for years, I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. They push it over there, it'll go away. Because that was the stigma, wasn't it? Is, and then uh, last year, it got on top of me so much. And then I went and got proper help. And, um, and I was comfortable talking to people. And no one said, just pull your socks up. <laughs> the, the worst Stop advice being in some ways. You know, Go, then. you know, it, yeah, just, you can't just, explain, just, you can't explain things like the human brain away with a couple of wishful thinking sentences. Or a nice As that dog has uh, just proven, you know. <laughs> Someone said, you don't want that bit of pedigree charm. And he was like, it's not that simple. <laughs> um, but yeah, talking. So basically, a ranting, not you know, ranting, rant, rant, but finding something from it, and then, and then you start to realise that I found once you start talking about it, people loosen up a bit, and then you start to realise that some people, like Facebook, for example, they've yeah. got these wonderful, shiny, glossy lives up, and then you find out actually it's, you know. There. Everyone's got problems, you know. Life's amazing and fun, and there's there's so much cool stuff to to take from it. But it is hard. Yeah, like. it can be a very very cruel thing, and uh, no one's, no matter how successful they seem to be or whatever, we're we're all these strange creatures. Yep, uh, Homo sapien creatures. Um, Blessed and in cursed. In this strange. With thing that well we didn't get to choose how all this turned out but you're sort of like trying to get through this life uh as an animal yeah and also as a human being is is an interesting there's something there like that's why i always think um with the like back to the celebrity thing so for example we we were discussing chester bennington linkin park absolutely savage like definitely made me a bit Dewy-eyed, yes, and uh, hit me a bit so. hard, and and people just like, well, you know, you, you you know the sort of insensitive. I don't think people necessarily mean it insensitively, but just like they haven't really applied much thought to it. They're like, ah, oh, well, you know, yeah, kids, what a selfish thing to do, and blah blah blah. And it's like they well, had everything. What, nothing's black and white with any with any person. Yeah, it's um and. And he did talk about it, and he was brave about that. And uh, he got slammed in the end in the um, press. That was the scary thing. I mean, the last album, if you look at all he wrote, is he was trying to get these feelings out. And every yeah. interview he gave, he was trying to explain to people. And well, um, he was getting slammed all over the place and booed on tour and stuff like that. And he was obviously a sensitive soul, and I imagine that stuff would hurt. Yeah. I don't like it when people say nasty things about me. I'm not yeah. going to pretend I'm thick-skinned and I go, I'll, I'll overthink it. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I don't read YouTube comments. Um, I fully admit I don't read re- YouTube comments yeah. just because I, I, can't, I can't deal with the nasty nature a lot of the time. Um, I have to be... <coughs> it's also not why I got into life. <laughs> I go on YouTube because uh, there might be something I want to watch or I'm interested in. Yeah. I'm not actually that fussed about some person I'm never going to meet um, telling me I'm a... Uh, some sort of horrible homophobic uh, brain dead slur by someone that knows nothing about me and there's just yeah but then that 
that will hurt people. Yeah. And it does hurt. Even I go, what if I'm wrong? And I'm like, you don't know this person. They're probably having a laugh about this. And yeah. they've just, they've just wasted half hour of your life. Like, because <laughs> it's, it's being bothered by someone you're never going to meet. And it's a strange thing because um, obviously as a, a musician there's a certain amount of yourself out there as uh, the product that you produce uh, through the various uh, band and everything like that but there's also imagine the person away from the stage um, yeah, yeah sure um, and there's somewhere in between is I guess you as a, a whole do you know what I mean yeah whatever that is yeah, no, I, I, the one thing which um, I, I get a lot of the time is because uh, um, I'm quite open um, about my suffering uh, within sort of my uh-huh. local uh, scene um, group, you know, uh, peers, everything like that. And, um, you know, I, I get the same thing over and over again. It's like, well, you do a radio show every week, you go to festivals and, um, you know, how can you be struggling if you're doing all of that sort of stuff? It's like, but I've, I've been doing it before I struggled. And then if I was to stop doing it, I would then be weighted down with the fact I couldn't do something which I love to do. Yeah, that would be one key. I know it's not an easy thing to say to someone that's, that's you know, crippled with this, the black dog. Yeah. Uh, is to just keep busy, keep productive, uh, do things you love, even if people... Don't listen to anyone that's going to discourage you from anything that gives you some kind of meaning that you want to pursue passionately. Yeah. Um, and maybe look past, I think, um, you know, again, uh, part of the reason I wanted to do this is so that if anybody is struggling either like themselves or with other people, yeah, is, you know, you can't necessarily interpret what you consider you know, a sign of success or dealing with life well. So somebody looking at you singing online or doing interviews or whatever the example may be, that may not be actually be a sign that they're doing okay. Um, yeah, and you might not see the three days they spent uh, crying into their pillow in the darkness, not wanting to get out of, even face life, yeah. get out of bed. You have to be dug uh, out your tent at festivals because uh, um, you, you don't want to go on camera that day. Uh, I mean, I'm immensely blessed the guy I work with um, is my best friend. Imagine it, uh, band members are the same for you, yourself as they know you, they understand, <laughs> and they can encourage you and help you to... Yeah, it. in different ways. Everyone's different. Everyone has friend, friendship strength, shall we say. Yeah. Some people are like brutally harsh and they just say, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing that, that's going to cause this, you need to sort yourself out. And then some people, you know, they're just there for you for a yeah. hug or whatever. And um, But just as a side minor tangent so the I'm I'm only a small fish in the grand scheme of big musicians and that but uh, I find it quite freeing that it's out there yeah you know that's done with I don't need to tiptoe around anything anymore Uh, and and then funnily enough like I've got amazing French friends in my life Mm. and, and family and whatnot. But that's the harder part I found. Really? Yeah. Dealing with. I think I think anyone that knows my music, they probably read the lyrics by now. They know it's not all peaches and cream. <laughs> it's not. Um, we are a, a genre that is very and focused I'm not, on. I'm not singing that stuff to try and be edgy. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's, it's there's there's a lot of tr- it's all that comes from a truthful place, mm. even if it's slightly elaborated, poetically or metaphorically or whatever to make it more interested musically rather than just uh, saying I feel sad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try and make it a bit more 
Well, some, it's still something that you've got to go out there and like perform as well. So there's got to be a certain amount of, as you say, the poetic. I like that though. And sometimes I'll be like, I didn't expect that person, for example, to come along to this show. Yeah. I didn't consider that because I'm only a silly man. I, I yeah, sort of turn up show and I, ah, and I've chosen to play these two songs and that person's there and they don't. They're, they're, they're a long-term friend of mine and I've never spoke to them about that. And then no one ever goes. No one's ever shocked or anything, or um, no one even actually says, "I never knew." I never knew that. Um, but yeah, that's quite. A, that's a vulnerable feeling. Yeah. But also, a f- it's a vulnerable and freeing thing. It's that bittersweet sort of balance, isn't it? Where uh, yeah, you don't know how to do it sometimes, but when it's done. And then, so yeah, hopefully, that that's. That would be a sad thing, is if you've got parents or whoever's your go-to family member or brother from another mother, and they can't discuss it or they can't get their head around it, or they treat it with some kind of cynical stigma. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> just cheer up, that sort of attitude. Yeah. Um, don't understand that uh, a lot. So of if you're time. one of those, come on. Maybe look deeper. Um, I tend to find that there's. There's generally a reason. Show a bit. Show a bit. Compassion, because there's generally a Bring reason. Bring out the why, inner teddy bear. <laughs> generally, a reason why somebody is potentially acting a way that they are, but it, they may not. They may not know People themselves. People can't or, necessarily verbalise it as well. It, that's like, very true, because it's. And then. There's no. There's no rule. People book blame to this. things, for example. Oh, you know, you're just stressed because of your job, or this, that, and the other. Maybe they need some genuine help. Yeah, and there's also the times where uh, the one thing which I like to try and explain, you mentioned the family angle, and it's uh, something which one of uh, my family members is um, tried so hard and is really getting there and understanding is that I can have a day which on paper looks like I'm having a good day, um, but still feel as anxious and as depressed as a bad day. A day where you're like sitting at home, cook yourself an omelette or something, then do a bit of work, watch a movie, go to bed and be like, I really like that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you don't put that one on Facebook, do you no. guys? <laughs> I've even had the ones where it's the complete opposite, where everything, and I mean everything goes wrong, and you're still kind of sat there at the end going, well, for some reason I'm not I'm not feeling like the, the, the stresses of this is... Well, it's also... You're affected by your environment and situation, but then vice versa. Yeah. You could go, oh, this is amazing, I'm going to see my favourite band, or I'm going to, to this incredible thing, and something's not right up there, and uh, you, you're feeling anxious or whatever, and you're like, actually, I didn't enjoy that, I wanted to get out of there. Yeah, I, I know that feeling well, because uh, yeah, there's been uh, more than once, um, and I, I don't mind admitting even like before today, um, uh, before we sat down doing this, um, I didn't think necessarily I was in a the most open frame of mind. Um, I was quite insular, I was really overthinking, sitting down and talking, because it's actually the first one. And um, well, That's better than being blasé and real cocky. I can do this, yeah, no. Just being indifferent about it. Just yeah. That shows that you, you uh, care about this thing you're doing. Well, so. um, the, the main reason for uh, doing this is, um, I, I, I will openly admit, I have no idea what I'm doing. Most of the time when it comes to this sort of thing, there, there is literally no guidebook. Well, maybe that's why people are, f- part of the reason people are afraid of discussing their 
the deeper problems going on if uh, because they can't verbalise it. Yeah. Maybe. As I just proved, <laughs> that was not a sentence. <laughs> it's it, it's really tough because also you know you, you want to verbalise it right so people understand, um, but sometimes you can't get the way something feels out, and even if you do. It may be received wrong, and then if you have a bad experience, it puts you off the next one. It, it, there's so many different things that can affect doing this. It's again part of the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm making myself do things which I never expected to. I never expected to sit here and talk to people like yourself about mental health because uh, I was like yourself raised to you know power through and not talk about it. And I actually, I, I, for me, I sort of saw it quite a lot, uh, and I, I never, you know, when certain people were diagnosed with severe depression or severe anxiety or whatever, I was always like, yeah. I don't, you know, just because just I can't see it, I always believe them. I'm the, I'm the same. I think, um, <laughs> why you raised, I'm not talking like necessarily the parenting thing. It's no, just no, but, the societal... And, uh, yeah, like but I don't think spin. things have changed so dramatically and drastically for the best in many ways. Just in the last few years, people were... <clears throat> talking about it a lot more well everything really I mean obviously actually I'm not going to get all heavy and political we could be here for all, all night some things are very divisive and and, uh, and there's a lot of fear and hatred about yep totally misguided stupid hatred shall we say yes um, but I think there's a lot uh, maybe it's the internet as well maybe the internet I know it can be a nasty tool for like anonymous YouTube comments, things like that. Yep. But I think uh, we're so much more connected now. People can read up on things a lot more. Yep. People can hear other people's stories a lot more. They're not just stuck at home. They can be on the internet going, I want to Google this and see if other people feel like this. And then well, uh, that snowballs into other pathways that reveal themselves maybe. So maybe the internet's helped, I don't know. You, uh, uh, maybe people are just wising it up a bit and, and being a bit more em, 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 emphatic empathic or emphatic em, em, emphatic okay and we're going with that because <laughs> empathetic doesn't sound like it's a nice word is it <laughs> <laughs> well you uh, touched on something there which I think might be a good place for compassionate uh, sorry we'll just yeah. go with that I know that word um, to leave on and again part of the reason I'm uh, doing this is uh, would you agree that um, when part of the reason why you would encourage people to talk about it why that's the general thing is it removes that feeling that you're the only one that could possibly feel this way because I am I you know, a lot of people um, have said that once they actually got out there and maybe busted past the people that they're used to talking to and found some people that could actually yeah. relate it made it a lot easier because uh, I know when I lost all of my hair um, I spoke to a couple of people that had been through similar experience some were in my peer group some were internet based um, and to realise that um, a lot of people felt like the way that I did when that happened to me actually made me calm down a lot more about it happening because I, I th arrogantly arrogantly thought that I was the only one to once you face it and you, you you just sort of well I can't speak for anyone but myself and um, people I've uh, seen you know seen it up close with once you face it you you will learn methods yeah how to deal with it and uh, and, and, and things that are toxic or, or you know are not good for you, you 
you avoid eventually because I don't feel like that. <laughs> no, that, I know, that I know where this goes. Yeah. Um, I've got my train of thought. Um, what were we saying just before that? Um, about uh, people being able to relate. Um, so once uh, you get it out of your head, you realise that there's other people that feel almost exactly the same way that you do. Yeah, and we live in an age where some there's this. Well, actually, I don't know if it's this age. Maybe people have always tried to be cool and have this sort of uh, out the core that suggests everything's totally cool. Mm. No, and and then they're worried like, oh, now I've got to actually tell people I haven't got it all together. And then I don't know who the quote is. It's that famous quote. It's okay to be not okay. I love that quote. It's a good one, man. It's like. It's okay to realise you're a bit messed up. Yeah. You don't have to uh, go around pretending you've got it. You're like <coughs> Mr. Cool. And it's all sorted. And Hopefully, eventually, everything. Mr. Cool will be the guy that uh, talks about things and and isn't totally yeah. cool. <laughs> That's the cool dude. I, I think you are very, very much uh, on something there. I do think, uh, you know, you see certain people, pubs, for example... And uh, they, they do. I can see for it straight away. They do the peacocking, the you know, it's like being back at pro- playground or something. Yeah. But and I immediately go, you've got self-esteem issues. You're insecure. Mm-hmm. You're showing off, and it's so transparent. And I think to myself, maybe sometimes a little bit cynically and sarcastically, I know that guy cries himself to sleep sometimes. Yeah. And goes, why am I like this? <laughs> why was I so nasty tonight? Because I thought it would make my mates be impressed or I'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I friends, they're great. Yeah. Um, and and I'm I'm quite a bantery guy. Like I like to joke about. I like to yeah. have a lot of fun. So yeah. There's that thing as well. You um, can smile when you're depressed. Oh, that, oh well, Dave, he's always like. Banter, 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 always going out, having a laugh, dancing about, being a div. Yeah, but that doesn't mean... You're not still struggling. I might have moments where I'm like, oh my God. And then then you get that horrible, sweaty, shivering, anxious... Bollocks. ...thing, up all night in the darkness. Um, Going over the... Worrying about things you've got no control over. All the edited highlights of everything you've done wrong for the last 10 years. I've started to try to just... Right, lists in my head, the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I um, that's actually uh, tapping into something which I got taught, which is cognitive behaviour therapy. Is if you can introduce more things. Um, so I like to even um, I call them small wins, facts to take to uh, bed with you. So things that uh, try and help me settle down is um, I think, well, yeah, this has been a bad day, um, but I've still managed to do this. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't given up yet. I'm still going to sleep I'm going to face the next day even surviving in itself is a win um, getting through any way you can is a win um, and you can feel like you are rock but you just want to die yeah. and you could uh, have the worst day ever and you're like I don't feel I can come back from this and I think pretty much anyone can yep um, I'm pretty sure you could look at some of the most successful happy people in the world like really successful happy people, not the stuff we were talking about in the glossy magazine covers. Yeah. And um, they could have 
come from a really dark void that they used for for good. Um, um, what was that? What was my point there? Um, I'm I'm not sure. Um, you you can you can edit this bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> don't. Um, well, I just want to think. Well, I'll share with you uh, whilst I'm having a think. It's I've had like zero sleep. And you're still sat here doing this. It's the first day and my selfish housemate decided his birthday had to land on a Wednesday night. And I unselfishly in, indulged in a lot of red wine. Yeah. Just That's to be with him and play yeah. Rainbow Six Las Vegas 2 from 2008. <laughs> well, um, and I think that's made my brain even, even more stupidy. Stupidy. I like that. Um, we'll probably wrap up because uh, we're going to uh, go uh, sort of... Watch uh, the supports. Watch the supports. Uh, but I just want to say, and this is honestly uh, the way it came about for me, is until we chatted last time you were in my hometown in Exeter, yeah. um, I didn't have much of an idea um, about how, um, like the things you've gone through. Um, you offered to do this with me. Um, off the, at the back of uh, quite a few uh, different attempts of doing something like this and losing data or missing an interview or whatever. Um, and in some ways you've done what we were talking about earlier where I, I had put you on sort of a uh, sort of place of, you know, the bantery guy, the one that gets up on stage and a lot of attitude and all the respect. That's not a disguise or a mask either. No, no, my point I being think sometimes, is... No, but sometimes people do. Yeah. Sorry to inter- interrupt there briefly, but some people think... It's a defence mechanism and it's all fake. And then as soon as you walk in a dressing room, you like throw up on the floor and cry or something. No, but, it's, still, it's still your personality. Yeah. All I'm going to say is... There's dark bits and there's light bits. To find out that you're very much akin to sort of a lot of feelings that I have where you're everything sort of that I just mentioned, as well as still having the day-to-day um, sort of... Uh, sufferings, ups and downs. Um, I just want you to know that from a personal perspective, that actually means a lot to me. Kaboosh. Because uh, uh, the more... Bing, bang, bong. The more we do this, the more I uh, realise that we're all like it. And that makes me feel very much more comfortable about dealing with it, yep. talking about it. And um, like I said, I just hope that um, anybody that is struggling uh, watching this um, also can draw a little bit of inspiration from what you've uh, sort of displayed on stage and then a little bit of an insight to the more personal Dave that you've given us today. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, thank you for doing what um, is the aim of this is uh, just to actually talk about it so that it's talked about. And I'm cool, you know, I'm not a doctor, but yeah, if uh, people people want a message, my for example, my email address is public domain, Unfortunately, last year I was really rubbish with it because yeah. I was struggling. I was bad, um, but yeah, I'd love to talk to people about it, even no. if I don't know them. Whatever, yeah. you know, I'd very much echo the same human statement. connection. If you are watching this and you are bereft of somebody that we're talking about, a close family member or friends that you don't feel comfortable talking about, and you find it an ease talking to. A, a random person on the internet or a, a random frontman um, from a band, then please do contact. And, you know, if you do get that, they call them trolls. Yep. Never understood that. Um, but anyway, that's fine. Hide that's under a bridge, maybe? I don't know. Like, because they hide oh, behind a keyboard? I gotcha. I yeah. never thought about that. Um, yeah. 
don't create the divide even more that these sometimes people that aren't they're doing it without even thinking or they think it's funny yeah. um, don't go oh try uh, what there's an example Sarah Silverman on Twitter yes you saw that one um, I've seen a lot of because she reads about someone messes like a really horrendous comment and she just read through his Twitter and by the end he was like I'm really sorry and she was trying to help him maybe that's better than just immediately uh, biting back yeah I don't know drill down try and work out the be, reason be in the words of Bill and Ted be excellent to each other that's fantastic. I think that's the, the, the perfect ending point for that. Thank you so much. I'm not sure if no I wanted a fist bump or a handshake there. We've done the fist bump. Yep. You only get one of those, mate. Next <laughs> one's a tenner. <laughs> Real Life Rockstars Podcast. And hello. Welcome back. <laughs> He's a nice guy, man. That was, that was a very nice chat. It was indeed. Um, and uh, so... Still blown away by it. It's quite odd um, listening back to like that type of interview with a lot of time passing between myself uh, then and there. But it uh, does seem it is, it is it's relevant. It's yeah. like a timeless interview. Very the much subject so. subject matter is still exactly the same. People and are still struggling. And it's still good to talk. It is. Even though it's a BT slogan. <laughs> um, so what we thought we'd do is just, um, as a bit of a wrap-up, don't want to take away from uh, the interview too much by going over it um instead mike's gonna hit you with the number for the samaritans again uh one one six one two three and uh, it's free around the clock 100 percent. and like i say is you are welcome to give us a talk but like i say we're not holding ourselves up as counselors no um that's that that's the distinction that we just we're here to out. pass on information and help you get some awareness yeah um and like uh again uh if Two people that have been through uh, various services um, saying, you know, these things are good, try them, is a help. We have. It's no bullshit. Um, so, 100%. Um, the other thing, um, I guess, that we should do as well is um, explain some of the stuff that we've got planned for the future. Yes. Um, we've got... Hang on, we should say thank you to Fireball. And to and Vocal Zone. Yes. Yeah. For getting involved with the podcast this year. That's uh, season two. Season two of the podcast, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got some very exciting stuff. We're going to see if uh, the interviews pile up quick enough that we can uh, maintain uh, maybe a slightly uh, more uh, presence of the podcast alongside the show as well, because uh, we've got quite a few interviews lined up for both the podcast and the show. Yeah, it's quite crazy. The first few weeks of. Well, the f yeah, the last few weeks of January, the beginning of February, is a lot of it, a lot of uh, interviews are going to be done. Well, we're going to go off in two separate directions tomorrow to cover a whole bunch of interviews for various things. That's true. So, yes. yeah, no, it's um, uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting year. We've also got a couple of um, more of our sit-down ones where it's either me and Mike or somebody relevant uh, to sit there and talk with us for an hour straight um, as just a straight-up podcast, not strictly a guest interview just having a guest yeah, yeah. talker on there we've got and a some few more of those. In industry like prs and yeah yeah no we're we're gonna keep yeah. doing the stuff that we were doing before uh we just got this extra element of we do do mental health we've even got something unreleased on the mental health um booked as like the second part to this uh sort of uh, one that we're starting that's already been done ready to go um a lot more serious yeah. in its nature and, than and last time and conversations with people that are still within the rock and metal community but mm. you know people that 
you wouldn't you, you you kind of see at festivals all the time you know these are acts uh, you know the the peripheral acts not just the bands so we, you know, we're going to be chatting to all sorts of people this year yeah but a part of immersive experiences i guess and like yeah and books explaining for festivals things, yeah. and things like that we want to yeah we want to talk about why we want to talk to people why why they're booking bands for this festival or that festival and how it, how that works within the fact that a band could get announced for a festival mm. then a month couple of months later they announce that they're going to do some tour dates around that festival and they're playing in exactly. your hometown it's just like you know there there are business th- theories and ethos is behind that and it's, you know people are always moaning it's like oh you never play my hometown you only play festivals and then boof they play the hometown kind of thing so exactly but there is, there is you know we know because we've worked festivals for the last 10 years or so we know how these kind of bookings work but we need to speak to those people that do those kind of bookings to help people in the in the greater listenership understand yes. the greater know, scheme of things yeah yeah because there's so much so much well, even listening to podcasts online, ourselves <laughs> has given us more knowledge, hasn't it? Yeah. Like about that moaning, because I mean, shout out as fucking always to our boy Jamie Jaster of the <laughs> Jamie Jaster podcast. Um, like the stuff that he talks about, like we're not that level. Like he's got that um, tenure in the business at the level of band that he mm. maintains. He understands stuff that we're not going to understand because it's not, you know, and the experience that we've had. Um, but we are, um, as always, hoping that at some point schedules could line up um, where we can sit down with him and um, either bring him on as a guest on uh, ours or oh, uh, something of that ilk. Because honestly, if you haven't got into the Jamie Jaster podcast, it's worth paying to get the back uh, catalogue of his episodes uh, for support him. Because the stuff that he does and what he gets up to and the advice that he has, I know people that has literally turned around their careers listening to the Jamie Jaster podcast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is why we wanted to do real life rock stars is not to go up against something like uh, that podcast, but to fill in the gaps um, that his won't cover because he's such a big band. It's a different um, level. Exactly. Um, but alongside, we're hoping that maybe one day ours could be as helpful as uh, um, Jamie's is. Yeah, that's um, the plan, isn't it? If people like to listen or even suggest topics for us to cover in some way because we have got access to those kind of people exactly or know how we can get access to those kind of people so that they can a- answer questions that mm, mm. are out there yeah no 100 percent. and there, there's some really interesting people that we've also got lined up as well um mm-hmm. when it comes to careers and music bringing stuff in-house we're going after some people that we've spoken to lightly um, about it before in interviews and some people that we haven't ever spoken to before yeah um that if we can sit them down for the podcast oh day yeah. made and we've got some her- heritage bands because I say heritage, but they're bands that have been going for more than 25 years in my eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is, uh, year 2000 was like... Getting close to that 20, mark. Well, now, 20 yeah. years ago. It's like, uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. But, you know, these are acts that can install advice because they were pre and post internet era. So, you know, there's diff- it's completely different industries now. So, 100%. like we did with Fear Factory, Burton C. Bell, the very first podcast, through to therapy as well, mm. being able to talk about having longevity and how you have to adapt and manipulate medias and things yep, like that yep. to, to work in your favor and things. Exactly. So, that's what we're going to try and do for the rest of the year. I can't wait. Like it, it is honestly one of the most exciting things that we've uh, embarked on was um, the podcast, and then getting season two shaped up. Like because uh, we've done a lot of uh, uh, spending time together, just not talking officially on air hmm. um, over the last few weeks. Um, and yeah, just 
this is honestly as much fun for us as it is, um, you know, helpful for other people. We really enjoy the like the nerdiness, the geekiness, the the intricacy, the complexity of how the music industry functions, how it used to function. Both of us are big fans of like musical biopics such as The Dirt, Bohemian Rhapsody. We just love the way that these things happen, um, and so. We're trying to bring 12 years of watching it happen, uh, genreless, like or subgenreless. As long as it's vaguely heavy, we've been there. Uh, we've watched different festivals operate. We've interviewed bands from like the Makeup Days of the Defiled um, and Fearless Vampire Killers, mm. all the way through to you know uh, Five Finger Death Punch and you know the the complete opposite end of the scale, black metal, um, or if it's uh, anything to do with metalcore, I'm sort of there with bells on. <laughs> um, and we just thought that that cross-section of watching the way that different PR campaigns work, different strategies work, yeah. um, was just, we find it fascinating enough to have spent uh, 12 years watching and being a part of it. Uh, so planning out season two, u- utilizing that now that we've uh, sort of cut our teeth for season one and people have responded to it really well. We're like, right, now we know what we want to do. Or at least we have an idea of what we want to achieve. We've laid the foundations. Hell yeah. So I guess we should uh, wrap it up. I say thank you to our sponsors, Fireball and Vocal Zone Throat Pastels again. Yes. Um, a massive shout out to all of the people that we've worked with again and um, our resident team member, Martha, who makes us look good every time we post about ourselves now. Yep. Um, and don't forget to leave us a rating or a star or a like or reshare. Yeah, share or, you know, it just helps helps us get up in the algorithm so people <laughs> can discover us without us just having to try and promote to our own little social it, echo chambers that's, that's yeah. it yeah. yes yeah so, that's uh, a good way of uh, shameless plug um but only one right at the end saying that it would actually help if you gave us a share and then we're not gonna have to sponsor posts and um uh, you're, you won't have to see our name every single day yes but i will sponsor a post <laughs> I just don't have the money right now. <laughs> <laughs> but even just uh, subscribing to the channel, you'll then get notifications when the new shows go out. And give us feedback as well. Talk to us. Tell us it, like, if it was good or shit. Like, <laughs> we want to know both. And we, we have taken 12 years of YouTube comments, so we're okay. We can handle it. If not, we know we were, as I was just discussed earlier in the podcast, we know some people that could help us. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. with that, we're going to go and drown our sorrows in fireball and make ourselves throats better with vocals in. <laughs> <laughs> Toodles. Goodbye.